welcome everybody to the very first ever episode of the Wings Over New Zealand show. Um, this is a uh, downloadable show that uh, we're going to be doing in conjunction with the Wings Over New Zealand Aviation Forum. Um, and uh, you've probably read about this on the website already before you downloaded it. But uh, this, is, uh, this is our first ever show. We're winging it here. Um, and basically, uh, I'd like to introduce our um, first guest and that's uh, Craig Branken, who's coming all the way from Christchurch via phone. He's uh, in New Zealand from his home in Australia, where he lives in Canberra, and he's our uh, forum moderator. Hi, Craig. Hi, Dave. How you going? Good, good. And, yeah, I should introduce myself as well. I'm Dave Homewood. Uh, I'm the administrator on the forum, um, and basically, yeah, I'm the guy who runs the forum, and Craig's the guy who helps. You're, you're the brains of the, the forum. I'm the brawn. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that. Maybe not. <laughs> um, so, Craig, um, one of the um, things we'll get you to do is just give a little bit of your um, background uh, and interest in aviation. Where did it all start for you? Oh, God, where do I start? Um, oh, no, I know. I guess I've always been from a very young age, interest in aircraft, all sorts of aircraft, and um, it sort of grew from there. And um, yeah, as a teenager growing up, going to school near Wigram, um, um, spending more time looking out the window at uh, aeroplanes flying back and forth from Wigram, um, which is probably one of the reasons I'm not a pilot, but anyway, um, not, uh, not applying myself hard enough hard enough in mathematics or sciences, so, yeah, and I, I think it's just, yeah, growing from there, and, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not limited to any one particular area of aviation interest, so I sort of pretty much like it all, except some helicopters, I don't understand why people think helicopters, some helicopters, like the Rob Robinsons, are exciting, but some of the others, like the Hughes 500, I love that, but, um, yeah, so pretty much it, all facets. Aviation. So you describe yourself as a general fan of... Yeah, uh, general fan. I, I, I like... Um, I mean, I, I do like military stuff, like the, the noisy military jets. Um, I like those a lot. Um, but, yeah, everything. Um, you know, I'll, I always joke with people, I'll you know, walk five miles to watch a toggle off doing touch and go, which is probably a bit of an exaggeration. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm pretty Not all of them. Yeah, well, just uh, just the ones past 1960. Yeah, well, I can tell the difference between Air New Zealand and Qantas. With people with signs around. Recently, but uh, no, actually, they were back in the air. I saw a couple flying in uh, Auckland yesterday, so they are definitely out there earning money again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'll probably give a little bit of my background as well. Um, I also have always uh, been interested in aeroplanes, mainly thanks to my dad, who was a big, huge fan of aeroplanes. He um, was an aero modeler and uh, at one stage when I was a kid in the 70s he was the president of the New Zealand Model Aircraft Association, NZMAA, um, for a couple of years. Um, he grew up 
um, living across the road from Ardmore Aerodrome during the war and after the war. And so he saw a lot of aviation when he was a kid and it obviously, uh, you know, brushed off on him and then that brushed off on me. So um, he used to have uh, a lot of people come around to our place for cups of tea after they'd been out flying their aeroplane models and I used to listen to all the aeroplane chat and that's what I grew up with. And then when I was 18, I joined the Air Force and was a safety and surface worker. Uh, I was in for um, four and a quarter years in the Air Force. And um, that really, um, when I was based at Wigram, that really upped my interest in the history of the RNZF. And um, uh, just being able to pop into the museum there on a Sunday afternoon, um, the original motivation was to go and get a pie from the pie shop, but I started, <laughs> I started looking around and, um, uh, you know, talking to some of the guides there who back in those days were all World War II veterans and there were some really, really neat people there um, working in the museum. And um, on base at the time there was um, the restoration hangar that uh, had the Hudson being restored in it. Among other things there was a mosquito wing which is now on the mosquito at um, Motat. Yep. And um, so yeah, I used to pop down to number seven hangar in my lunchtime and have a look at what was going on on the Hudson and got to know a few of the guys through that and um, that was the early 1990s and it uh, was really the rise of the warbird scene in a big way with all the fighters um, from Sir Tim Wallace's collection they used to come through Wigram a lot and that really got me thrilled as well so yeah I got hooked and um, <clears throat> it does yeah it does um, back in 2004 I was in the library here in Cambridge and um, I picked up some books, two books, and I was flicking through them and um, they were written by a guy called Errol Martin and they list all the um, people who were in the Air Force who died during their time in the service. Um, both volumes were called For Your Tomorrow and um, I was, found them very fascinating and I was reading through and lo and behold there's a guy who died in Cambridge during the war and I thought, oh. I didn't even know there was an Air Force installation in Cambridge. So I went down to the local museum and said, yeah, do you know anything about this? And um, the curator there that I already knew, Eris uh, Parker, she said, oh, yeah, I know something, but you'd have to go through all the um, newspapers and have a look. So I sat down and started going through the wartime newspapers from Cambridge. Um, uh, they were called the Waikato Independent back then. Um, and... I started finding these um, snippets on people from Cambridge who were joining the Air Force or serving in the Air Force um, overseas and um, one who came up a lot was um, Edward Preston Wells uh, or better known as Bill Wells or Hawkeye Wells um, and yeah some of the stories about him and they were great and I suddenly realised you know there's a there's a hell of a lot of a story here for Cambridge um, and I was talking to Iris about it and she said, well, why don't you start compiling it? And I said, oh, yeah. So I started compiling it and thinking, you know, there might be 20, 25 people from Cambridge who were in the Air Force during the war. And within a couple of months uh, of not just looking through the newspapers, but then getting leads from people I talked to, um, going and seeing people, getting more leads, um, I found out there was just a hell of a lot of people from the town and district. And bear in mind that back then, 
There are only 5,000 in the whole district of Cambridge. Yeah. That's the countryside as well as the town. Um, and I think now um, it's more than 200 that I've managed to find who were in the Air Force um, during the war, mainly in the RNZF, some were in the RAF. Uh, there were WAFs. Um, I think there's one that was in the Australian Air Force. Oh, okay. um, yeah, and so I started compiling all that, and then a little later on I learned how to make websites, and I thought, oh, it might be a... Well, well, I was learning at the time how to make websites, and I thought that might be a good idea to... Um, put it on online and um, thanks to a good friend of mine that I went to school with and was in the Air Force with myself, um, Alan Howard, the two of us uh, got together and created um, Wings Over Cambridge. Um, I did all the work, he just supplied the um, uh, web space which he still supplies um, and um, yeah, Wings Over Cambridge is now a sort of um, fairly massive website with all sorts of information on people in Cambridge, uh, people from Cambridge who were in all the different air forces from back from World War One through to um, modern day. So that's where that came from. And um, and of course, um, as you know, Craig, uh, if you're still there, I don't know if you've fallen asleep. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah as you know, um, I started to get a few questions come through because people were finding my website on Google, and I thought, oh. I really should have something on the, on the website so that people can ask questions and other people can see the answers so I don't have to keep answering the same questions over and over. Yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, so I found this um, free forum, um, Pro Boards forum, and I created the Wings Over Cambridge forum. Um, and I think within probably the first couple of months we had about 20 members, yeah. one of who was yourself. Yeah. Um, and... Um, then it sort of kept on for a year or so with about 20 or 30 members and then suddenly it just started to snowball and now we're almost up to 2,000 members and it's the, um, I, don't, I still can't believe it, but it's the you know most popular um, aviation forum on New Zealand topic um, that there is and the amount of stuff that comes out on that forum in terms of amazing history, um, photographs, um, just general discussion and stuff that people never knew. It, it, it's wonderful. It's it, it's great, and um, and it's grown so big. It's no longer the Wings Over Cambridge forum. It's now Wings Over New Zealand to take in the whole gambit of everything from the Air Force to you know Navy flying to um, um, civil flying airliners, um, agricultural flying, gliding. Um, all sorts of other associated things. So. Well, and including the army and, and yep. you know the the, the navy subboards as well within you know within that. So exactly, yeah. And in fact, um, uh, only recently we've been discussing on there about the army board. It seems that we might be the only dedicated New Zealand army board um, forum that there is a discussion forum. Which is hard to believe. It is, especially when you consider that there's far more you know people serving in, in an army generally in any country than. Air arms, but, um, yeah, and there's yeah. so many fans of the army out there who buy all the books. I mean, you look at every Anzac Day, another army book or two comes out. Well, that's true. Um, yeah. And and there's so all the modellers and everything. So, yeah. Yes, all those army fans should be ashamed of themselves. No, no. Out there and creating a forum. No, I think that they've probably um, just never thought of it. And and you know, 
uh, once they discover it, they'll they'll join up. I'm sure of it. So yeah, and that's the other thing too. I think people just don't have the time. A lot of people don't have the time to yeah. You know, and and you know, a lot of a lot of websites too. You see people really keen and excited about them for six months, and then after that they sort of lose their enthusiasm. And things sort of fall by the wayside a little bit. So yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a lot of work um, to keep it up to date. But, Ex- exactly. Um, I mean, you've done a remarkable job with the. Ocean form because it's just it really has grown and as you said it's just yeah I mean I mean there wouldn't be a day that goes by where um, um, I I for one don't learn something new about New Zealand aviation or aviation in general really yeah it's just remarkable that the knowledge that people have um, you know that's out there yeah. and it's interesting because someone will ask a question or you know um, you know about a particular you know, even a particular aircraft or a particular pilot, and it's it's unusual if someone doesn't come on and go, oh yeah, I know exactly. I remember seeing that aircraft at you know blah 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 at whatever the air show, and it's like, my God, <laughs> we are surrounded by plane spotters. But yeah. it's um it's it's great because it's really um you know it's a great resource. Yeah, it, it, it is, and it's it's amazing how there's um there's it's not just plane spotters it's not just yeah. the, the people who sit in their bedrooms you know reading books there's yeah. the people who are actually involved who get on the the people who exactly. um you know we, we've got warbird pilots and warbird restorers um we've got um people who were there in the air force um yeah. you know 30 40 years ago who were the actual subjects of the discussion um it, it's, it's well, great that's been i mean one of the, a classic example is um that Barry Reed collection yeah. of photos. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that were put on the forum, and, um, you know, all because of just uh, some stories came out, and, you know, Barry Reed's name was mentioned, I think, and, uh, um, you know, it just led to this wealth of, of photos and, um, and, and video material, and it's just extraordinary, you know, there's so much interesting stuff from a, you know, sort of time that. Not a lot of people knew much about the Air Force sort of post-war, and um, just excellent material. But I mean, another another person I'm always amazed at, a, a member of the forum, is um, Peter Lewis's knowledge and just collection of. Yeah. As I've joked several times, is there an aeroplane that has been in New Zealand at any time that Peter has not photographed? Exactly. It's just amazing his his and his knowledge and yeah he um, yeah he he really does deserve a. Order of New Zealand or whatever award they have over here, because I just for his, his service alone, just to, you know aviation sort of um, history sort of stuff is, is just incredible. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, um, Peter's obviously been going out of his way in his own time for 40, 50 years, um, going and photographing aircraft, taking them home, developing them, filing them, writing up their history with no major outlet until the. Um, until the forum came along. I mean, you know, he, he was a um, founding member of Aviation Historical Society of New Zealand, and I'm sure that he contributes to their magazine, but um, they're only a small group compared to, you know, what the internet can provide. And, um, you know, people like Shorty um, as well, uh, Neville Mines, I mean, some of the stories that, and the photographs to, to back it up that have come out are just brilliant, absolutely exactly. brilliant. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of people like that, you know, a lot of people. Yeah, and I mean, just his, his knowledge of um, a recovery of a lot of those early um, 
all bird aircraft in, in New Zealand and, and Australia as well is involvement in that stuff. And it's just incredible. Yeah. Especially yeah. when you see photos that someone like he has taken of this just basically a bit of framework yep. wedged in a tree or among a, amongst a clump of trees somewhere in the West Pacific. And now you can look at those aircraft and think, you know, they're beautiful museum or, or flying exhibits now that are just remarkable and it's, it's great. I mean, you know, it's spectacular bits of knowledge again, you know. Exactly, exactly. Uh, one of the um, the crashed aircraft that he um, got out of the jungle was um, Kurawong, the P-40N that's now yeah. flying at air shows everywhere around New Zealand. And yeah, exactly, and that, that's, that's a, you know, a fantastic example of um, what those, um, those early sort of pioneers as far as the aircraft restoration were, were up against. You know, yeah. some, of those, yeah. some of those airframes they pulled out, you would have looked at and you thought, why are you bothering? But, you know, thank God they did. Um, because if they were still out there in the jungle, there'd probably be nothing left of them now. Exactly, exactly. Um, what um, I like, though, is that it, it, it's the input that everyone can have in the forum and tiny pieces of information, again, with so many things, someone might know a tiny fragment of information, like a name or a date or something like that, and that adds to, to other people's knowledge or further understanding of, of certain events or or whatever, and that's, yeah. that's, that's the thing I like too, because, you know, you might have someone, again, you know, Peter Lewis may have, you know, a particular piece of information about something, but he may be missing bits of the full story, and someone could come and say, oh, well, that was, you know, Joe Blogg did that, you know, or whatever, or uh, was there on that date, and he flew it, or, you know, something like that, and it can really add to that, you know, that knowledge, shared knowledge out there. Yeah, exactly, and, and one of the things too that I, I really like is, um, both historians and people doing family research uh, come on there and ask a question about an individual who may have flown during the war. And there's people on there like um, Errol Martin and Paul Harrison um, who, who can come up with the information for them that they wouldn't have found otherwise. So, um, you know, I so appreciate having the, uh, um, you know, the bona fide um, historians on there who have such a depth of knowledge themselves. Yeah. Um, and they're willing to, you know, share and take part. That that's great. And something I also must mention too is the photographers, yeah. Wh whether it's old photographs or brand new ones. I mean, we're so lucky to have people like Gavin Conroy and Colin Hunter. Lo loads of them, really. I mean, and going back, um, a what you know, a while back was um, Alex Mitchell and um, who else is uh, Dave um, Fury? What's his name? FB Fury, I think it is. Dave oh, from yeah, Tauranga, yeah. he does some great photography. Yeah. And um, Glenn down in uh, Christchurch, um, trying to remember his username. Flyboy. No, no, that's uh, Matt. He's, he's another great photographer. Um, Glenn is, um, he knows who he is. <laughs> but he's, he's got some great um, photographs from the past that um, he inherited as well. And brilliant coloured photos. And he's put a lot of them up there. Well, that's another thing too, because with um, you know with technology, the price coming down of so many scanners and that now, that's that's another thing that's really um, of boxes of old photos that were really difficult to sort of unless someone physically came around to your house and sat down with you and you spread the photos out over the table. Yeah. Now you know you can get good quality scanners at quite a cheap price and yeah, um, you, you scan 
photos or and or negatives or slides and um, yeah they can be sh shared with a lot greater number of people absolutely uh, yeah uh, the only thing that scares me I mean in all these things is that you know there are some unscrupulous people out there who no doubt you know will want to take advantage of that and try and uh, you know copy other people's work and, you know yeah. try and claim it as their own but I mean that's a risky run regardless anyway I mean uh, you know um, I'd heard stories of you know previous times where people taken photos down to photo labs to get them copied, and of course you know they've decided I'll make a couple of copies for myself, and yeah. then, you know they get circulated that way. So you know it's, it's never been foolproof. I mean, perhaps the net made it any worse in a lot of ways in that sense. But um, I, I've got a good way around that though, Craig. Sorry. I've got a good way around that. I just don't take very good photos. <laughs> For me, that was one of the great revelations in terms of photos that come up on the forum because uh, I had heard about that Corsair growing up um, for a long time um, before I really even got into any research. Um, you know, because it's just down, literally, go three blocks down from my house and around the corner, and that's where it was. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, then um, somebody. Oh, I think it might have been Brian Cox wrote into Wings magazine in about 1995 and asked about whatever happened to it. Yeah. And I th thought, oh, well, I know that it was the Walsh's um, Corsair. And I thought, oh, I'll go and see Alf Walsh, who was uh, one, of the, one of the owners of it. It was him and his brother Manley. And I went and saw him and got the story from him. And I wrote up um, a little piece and sent it in and um, Ross McPherson uh, printed it in the next magazine. And... That really would have been my first article, actually. It was only tiny. It was really just a, a letter, but it was a bit of research and a, an interview and putting together facts. And um, so, I when I created the website ten years later, I dug that out again and um, put it up there. And um, Are you rehashing articles. Hey. Are you rehashing? No, articles? I didn't. I didn't even rehash it. I just put Are it up. You using us as your guinea to rehash your article? <laughs> Well, it's the same article as my copyright. <laughs> but no, I mean, um, I did rehash it later because I, after going up on the um, onto the website, you know, a bit more information trickled in here and there, and um, uh, I 
could never find a photograph. And it was only a, um, a chance mention that I put on a, on a thread where I said, I wish I could find a photo of the one sitting in the garden at Cambridge. And Marcus said, oh, I've been trying to work out where this one is. Is this it? And I looked at it, and sure enough, I mean, in the background, you can see my street. <laughs> so, you know, and I had I actually literally spent an entire day going through negatives in the um, Cambridge Museum of the Athletics Club because that was over the fence, and I still couldn't see the bloody course there um, in that. I was just hoping to see a tail, but when you see, you know, the amazing photo that he found of it sitting in that garden and, you know, the shed behind it was still there. Um, it's a bit different now because of the new owners, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's well, the sort of thing. The colour now, it's not black and white like it was back in those old days. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> Although Cambridge is a bit... Oh, anyway, um, <laughs> but again, that, that's another classic example of, like, you having the, the, the knowledge of the, the course there. Yeah. And Marcus having a photo that he couldn't work out, where the hell is this? Yeah. Exactly, and, and the forum is a community that's really all about making contact with other people um, and, and the right people, isn't it? It's all about contact. So, yeah. I mean, and some of the, one of the great benefits for me of the forum is making so many hundreds of excellent friends that I would never have met if I hadn't started the forum. Yeah. Um, you know, um, people that now, if I go to an air show, I make the point of meeting up with and, and spending time with, you know. I used to go to air shows and stand there by myself yeah. or, or with my mate I went with and that's yeah. it. Now I go and I meet probably 30, 40, 50 people. So it becomes quite a social outing. Yeah, it, it is. It makes it much more interesting. It makes it um, yeah. more fun and um, yeah, I think for the average member, um, they could still go to an air show and, and be anonymous if they wanted to be but um, I, you know, I can't now because I'm known um, but I, I don't mind and it's, you know, I, I love going to the um, Classic Fighters air show at Amaka because um, that is such a social air show and, and you're there for a few days. Um, after the show, everyone heads to the bar, you have a meal and you meet up and it's like a forum gathering, you know. It's yeah, great. Well, it, it certainly is. Yeah. Sorry. That's right. Clearing my throat. Um, I just well, assumed it was fireworks. So I should mention that if anyone keeps hearing bangs and crackles in the background. It's um, Guy Fawkes night well, while we're recording this. reporting live from <laughs> the war zone in Iraq. <laughs> I'm actually in a helicopter gunship as we speak, so don't, don't panic people, everything's all right. Um, Is it one of those black helicopters you keep talking yeah, about? Yeah, well, well, I can't tell you that, Dave. I mean, oh, uh, you just said yeah, though. Well, no, no, I was, I was just leading you on there. It's not, it's actually a white helicopter with UN written on the side of it, because yeah, everyone loves those ones. Um, Sorry. And that's another facet too that you just sort of, um, you know, you just reminded me of too is the, the forum sort of um, gatherings yeah. that you've held. Um, you know, that, that's um, how many have I been to? One? Yes, one. Um, <laughs> but there's been, no, that was just fantastic because it was actually nice to put faces to names. Yes, um, yeah. And in some cases, actually names to um, online t handles, you know. Um, yeah. 
so it's um, it's 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 very good. Um, you know, and actually just physically meeting people, you know, that you know, oh yeah, yeah, and, and then you can sort of because um, often you'll you'll um, you might not necessarily know someone from their handle even, but if there may be a story that they posted or an article or you know something or photos of them, and then you sort of make that connection to them. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's, it's great in that way, and plus it's it's um, again there, there have been interesting events because there's been really interesting talks given and. Um, you know, slideshows, and uh, uh, I mean the one, one that I went to in particular had um, uh, Marcus. Um, I can't remember Marcus's surname. Marcus the South African. Um, oh yeah, Duval, yeah. Yes, yeah. With his um, remarkable story about the sort of border border wars in Angola, and um, yeah. you know how um, you know what sort of went on behind the scenes there, because I don't think. So most Kiwis would sort of know. I, I certainly didn't know much about what went on there and the fact that Cubans were involved and, no. you know, that South Africa was even developing their own nuclear bomb, <laughs> which is quite frightening when you think about it. It's it stunning. Like things are getting pretty serious when you're talking about developing your own nuclear weapons in case it gets to that point. Um, so just amazing. And, you know, and then the amazing thing about that too was... Um, that South Africa was in the middle of an arms embargo at that time, but they were able to develop, you know, to be looking at, uh, obviously, with a bit of help behind the scenes from certain nameless countries. Um, <laughs> but it's just remarkable um, what their own industry could be developing over there at the time. And, um, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, and how close that sort of war came to being possibly escalated. So, yeah, um, yeah quite, quite um, you know, um, amazing amazing story and uh, that was certainly something I didn't know much about at all. No, um, no. As you say with the um, the, the, the forum um, meets, um, they, they have, they've all been great and the, the first one came out of um, simply that I noticed there was a couple of people from Hamilton on the uh, forum and there was a couple from Cambridge and yeah. um, some of them who I knew but some I hadn't met and I suggested on there if we have a bit of a get together and next thing there's people saying they're coming up from Christchurch and Wellington and Auckland and I think one came from Whangarei and um, that was a brilliant day because we all met out at the airport um, we watched um, Simon and Chris flying in the Thunder Mustang do a really nice low pass yeah. and um, a few others flew down Peter flew down in a Cessna and um, you know and then we all uh, went from the airport um, to Cambridge and had a great sort of um, uh, little informal gathering and a lunch there and um, Simon and Chris talked about the Thunder Mustang and um, John Crisp had his aviation out there he's a, a local um, Cambridge aviation artist who's quite well known um, what else did we have? we had a few other things a few films and a few speakers and that and it, it, that turned out so good that I knew we had to do another one but it actually took um, another two years to get around to it um, and, the, and that was yeah. And the, the next one was the one that you came to, and we had uh, Marcus speak, and we had um, Ray Tocker who talked about his time flying uh, Sunderlands, yeah, that's uh, right, yeah. including being the guy who hung upside down repairing the the bottom of the Sunderland that touched its belly on the uh, Rongatai runway at the opening. In the um, extremely low path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, and we had. Um, um, Oh, I've forgotten his name. The gentleman who flew as a navigator in Canberra is in Vietnam. Oh, 
um, at local Cambridge chap. Bernie. Bernie, yeah. Um, Bernard, yeah. Yeah, Bernard Johnson, that's the one. That's right. And uh, he um, he gave a very good talk too. Um, he was a Australian navigator, um, flying Australian Canberra's over in Vietnam, and that was great. Oh, and of course we had David Love um, from the Taronga Air Show as well, who was um, quite right. interesting chap. And um, and then I think it was firmly established then that we had to keep on doing it. I mean, we'd had other forum meets around the place uh, at air shows and that, which is always informal. Yeah, um, but but these formal ones have sort of become a, uh, an annual gathering now. Yeah. And so this year um, I arranged one and decided to have some veterans um, involved and um, you know invited vet- veterans along. Um, and a lot of Air Force veterans came, but there was even... You know, army um, and fleet air arm um, veterans as well, and a lot of the veterans came down from Auckland, which was yeah. great. I mean, that was brilliant. And um, the the Dakota um, flew down, what was it, thirty four people or something like that? Um, and so we ended up um, having uh, veteran speakers, uh, Colin Murray, who was in the infantry in um, North Africa and Italy, um, and then we had. Um, Bob Glading, who was um, a fleet air arm course air pilot, he flew um, in operations against the Tirpitz and then uh, also against the Japanese as well. Um, and uh, many of the older generation will remember that he was a very famous international golfer representing New Zealand back in the day. Um, and we had. Career, uh... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Really good guy too, and he, he had a really funny speech as well, which everyone appreciated. It's sort of live in the day, I bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, then we had the great um, talk from uh, Larry Hill, um, who's not a veteran, but he's a member of the um, forum, talking about um, Jack Ray and his parachute, uh, which he brought along as well. Yeah. Um, that was great, and um, and then equally great talk from. Um, Spitfire ace Alan Peart, who came over from Hamilton and um, talking about flying the Spitfire in North Africa and uh, and the Burma campaign, and um, I uh, I actually filmed those speeches. Oh, and sorry, there's another spe- speaker as well, which was um, Jeff Cooper, the captain of the Dakota. Also gave a really good little talk on the Dakota's history and about the um, particular Dakota that came down that day. It was very topical. And um, uh, yeah, I filmed I filmed all those um, actual speeches at the time, and just for my own sake. Um, and I've decided that I'm going to try and um, put the audio up as shows on this Wings Over New Zealand show that you're listening to now. So they'll well, be coming. Yeah, no, that, that would be good because I mean, you know, obviously that was one that I. Able to yeah, and there's a lot of lot of people who couldn't attend and wanted to, and so they'll get to hear the speeches at least. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so you you'll get to hear them fairly soon. I'll get the, get my A and G and get them up there as um, downloadable downloadable podcast. Okay. I've still got to work out how, how to put this one onto the um, website. So. Oh well. Not that <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, you know, Google it. <laughs> yeah, but there's so many the options. There's out there somewhere. <laughs> I know, there's just too many answers. That's the problem. Um, yeah, but one, once I've worked it out, then I'll get those up there. And um, it's a good time now to just talk about what else is coming up as well. Um, our next um, scheduled 
rec uh, recorded interview will be with uh, Don Sims, um, who is our other moderator on the forum, um, and his um, career in the Air Force will be a main topic, and particularly with the Skyhawks, and we'll be talking about his um, really excellent Skyhawk book, which has um, just sold out its first printing at a thousand uh, books, which congratulations to Don on that. Amazing book. It's just, uh, you know, I really have enjoyed it, and uh, just some of the photos in it too. It's uh, yeah. a great, great, um, great record of the Scotland service in the RNDS to have. Um, but especially when people wouldn't think that, you know, there'd be a lot of people interested in that particular, you know, something that's quite specific to one particular aircraft service in the RNDS. But yeah. obviously, you know, it's been proven that well, there are people out there who. Well, buy these books, so it's, it's good. Well, I, I mean, I, I think the Skyhawk's always been very popular with the public as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, particularly the air show going public who used to enjoy them, particularly with um, Kiwi Red. I mean, you look at that video that um, came out of Six of the Best with Kiwi Red, that came out yeah. and seemed to be in the shops for a long time, and then it came out on DVD, so it's obviously selling. Um, well, they weren't bad for a clapped-out aircraft, were they? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, and just um, so once we, I'm going to go down to um, Christchurch in the next few weeks, hopefully, and I'll get um, I'll get Don recorded then. And I think um, once we get him started, we'll probably end up with about three shows worth. Yeah. Um, because uh, he's got such a wealth of knowledge on the on the Skyhawk, and of oh, course, exactly. he, he's, he's almost Mr. Skyhawk, isn't he? Really? Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. That's not taking away from anyone else as well. He's um, as a good, uh, diverse knowledge of the owner of Skyhawk, but. Um, So um, try and get him to talk about his uh, time working with the Iroquois as well, if he remembers that. Yeah. Um, and you know various other aspects of his work, um, and and his current work as a guide at the Air Force Museum would be quite interesting too. Yeah. Well, it's um, you know it's a whole new generation in there now. Like, yeah. like you said earlier, you know, he used to go out there in the 80s and, and 90s, and there were all those um, you know World War II vets, but their numbers 
changed over the years. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's good to see there's a, a newer, younger generation coming through. Um, exactly. You know, that are enthusiastic and, and um, are willing to give up their own time to, to um, work as guides at the, at the museum. Yep. It is good to see, because for a while there it sort of looked like there weren't numbers filling the, the gaps as they were appearing. And, um, but um, it's, I mean, it's an excellent museum. I mean, they've just got yep. some, some very special aircraft there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so not special ones like Hudson. <laughs> Weren't they just an airliner? Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's just a remarkable collection of, of aircraft. And their, their restorations um, are just, you know, the, the, the detail they put in things is just amazing. Um, it can't have been just an airliner because it doesn't look like everything else. Anyway, moving along, um, our, our next show that we've got lined up after Don's um, interviews, or inter interview, sorry, um, uh, we're going to hopefully have Gavin Conroy on um, talking about his air to air photography and his new book, which is called Precious Metal. Yes. Um, and uh, so he'll be probably show number three, or possibly five, depending on how much we get from Don. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was um, going to say that might, that might take up a few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I'm really looking forward to that as well um, with Gavin, and um, yeah, he's a, a great stalwart member of the forum, and um, he um, he really has to be, you know, New Zealand's greatest area photographer, I think, in my opinion, um, and a lot of other people's opinion. The photograph shoot that he did uh, with Brendan Deer's uh, Spitfire over a Harkia uh, a year or so ago, um, I saw he put some of those up onto one of the British forums and there were people there saying that was the best photos that ever seen of a Spitfire. And uh, I just thought, wow, that's real good compliments coming from a British forum. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, they're pretty, pretty hard to impress over there. Yeah, yeah. And I've got so many Spitfires and so I many people... I was going to say, it's a bit hard to impress as far as Spitfires are concerned. Yeah, though. yeah. And maybe, it was, maybe it was the beautiful, clear blue skies Although it was over a Harkia, so... <laughs> yeah, well... But, um, <laughs> you will remember the photo shoot was over clouds. <laughs> yeah, well, that's... <laughs> yeah, but it was above the clouds, so that's OK. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, some of those, those um, images you've captured of the, uh, the Spitfire are just, uh, just amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, what about some of his um, shots of the seven triplanes together and um, oh, yeah. things like that at a marker? It's just incredible. And um, so I'm, I'm really, you know, really looking forward to um, having that chat with Gavin. And Gavin's a great guy as well. I've met him many times, and um, he's a good guy. Um, so that's the that's the sort of prospects at the moment. Um, but really, with the show, um, we want to present all sorts of aspects of aviation. So eventually, we'll have, you know, maybe airline pilots, um, agricultural pilots. Uh, ground crew obviously as well, um, warbird people, um, anyone who's written a new aviation book um, and wants to talk about it and promote it, um, we'll have them on here. Um, I've got a long, long list of ideas and people to approach. Um, so, you know, the show's got a lot of potential and there's nothing like this really for uh, New Zealand Aviation, as far as I know, uh, there is a there is an Australian-based uh, podcast which does involve some New Zealand stuff, but I think it's mainly airline stuff. Um, 
But I just thought, you know, with the the um, amount of contacts I've got through the forum yeah. and, and the interest there, and it would be good to just go to people on the forum who have a specific interest and get an in-depth sort of interview with them. I mean, the forum, usually you get a couple of lines and then another couple of lines and then another couple of lines, but to yeah. sit down with someone and really get them to talk their passionate subject would be a bit different and it will... Yeah, I think it would be really enriching the the history of New Zealand aviation and 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 also all the sort of current goings on as well. Exactly, and I think um, yeah, it, it it would be good to to get the, all those stories down on that. And um, yeah. as you said, you know, people who want to promote um, a book or, or you know a film or something that they're um, working on or something. Yeah, exactly, good way to get it out there. And, this could turn into a full-time thing. You might have to create uh, Warbirds over New Zealand radio. <laughs> well, who knows? Talk Can we talk back? That'd be awesome. <laughs> talk back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that would be pretty good. I mean, I actually am a, um, a, quite a passionate listener to um, Warbird Radio, which comes out of the USA, uh, out of Washington, D.C., with um, Matt and the team that run that. And they... Uh, that's really, you know, one of the inspirations for this idea. Um, they do some amazing uh, interviews with people, war, uh, World War Two veterans and Vietnam veterans and Korea pilots and uh, warbird restorers and pilots and uh, you know, warbird pilots. Um, and I, I, I just think, oh, it's great. And if we could do that here, yeah. you know, that would be just brilliant. I mean, if we could do a New Zealand version of that... Um, not only will it be promoting New Zealand aviation and, and res recording the history here, um, but we may actually be able to get some of our shows aired there too and, and you know, get the story out worldwide through them. So. Because, yeah, that, unfortunately, New Zealand being such a small place, yeah. there's been a lot of veteran stories that people don't have or have never heard of. Oh, yeah. And, um, and it's, uh, you know... Stuff out there, so absolutely just talking to some of the, as you said, the Woolbird owners and, and pilots as well, yeah. Um, you know, because, um, because um, uh, obviously, you've got a lot of the Woolbird owners are not necessarily, you know, they don't necessarily fly their own aircraft, you know, no. but you know, they've obviously got that much interest and a passion that they, um, uh, and the resources, obviously, to be able to, um. Uh, purchase and operate these aircraft, and it's—I yeah. uh, mean—it's remarkable. I mean, I—I'm I, constantly uh, think about, you know, I, it was hard to believe, and um, uh, at Wings magazine reading that uh, uh, Tim Wallace was bringing a Mustang to yeah. New Zealand. I, I mean, I couldn't believe that. And look now, look how many aircraft there are now. And yeah. it was, uh, sort of grew from, you know, I mean, there was obviously those first sort of. Um, Harvards out there that were, um, you know, the birth of the sort of, you know, warbirds in, in New Zealand. But yeah. uh, look how it's grown now. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. Um, you know, um, and we've even got, you know, a wonderful collection of um, World War One um, aircraft too. Absolutely. Uh, again, pretty remarkable for a country the size of New Zealand. Um, now it's a uh, very, very rare. Uh, World War One aircraft. Flight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's a world class collection right there. Right. Exactly, and I mean that's that's basically, as we know, you know, uh, 
one man's sort of dream and, and passion has sort of grown into this um, massive, you know, operation where they're yeah. building these aircraft and, and operating them. I and it's just, uh, you know, remarkable to think that a country of three and a half million people and however many sheep um, has these, remar- you know, these beautiful aircraft that... Uh, uh, many people can't, see, you know, in, in bigger countries like the US or, or um, the United Kingdom or, or any of the European countries, um, can't even see them there. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, yeah, well, um, you know, there's, there's so much um, um, potential too with this um, show with um, talking to actual uh, World War II veterans and stuff as well. And yeah. as you know, and a lot of people on the forum know, I've been spending the last couple of years... Um, going around the country uh, filming interviews with um, veterans and, and before that I was doing it on audio. Um, I, I counted up recently, I've done around about 150 filmed interviews. Yeah. Um, personally, um, between the two of us that are doing it, we've probably got more like 300. Um, and um, I think with just audio tape, some of them by phone and some by person, um, you know, person to person, I've probably done another easily 150 um, for interviews for Wings Over Cambridge uh, website and for my book project that I'm working on on the General Reconnaissance Squadrons and um, I, I, I think that you know I might be able to extract some of the stories from those um, and put together some shows as well um, for this this project um, I might not put a whole interview up there but I might you know put particular stories and stuff like that and um I might even go and see some veterans um, to do a specific interview for the for the show rather than, you know, for anything else. I might just go and see some that I've already filmed before. And, um, but the, the one big hurdle right here is I really need to find a sponsor to help out with this because with this show there's going to be a lot of travelling about, there's going to be a lot of phone calls, there's going to be um, time and expenses that, that need to go into it and I think eventually I'm going to have to find you know a website that I have to pay for to host all these things because the free sites only have a certain amount of bandwidth and that sort of thing so yeah I really am looking for a sponsor that can come on board as like the name sponsor and call it the such and such Wings Over New Zealand show and have their own little jingle and ad and that sort of thing and have their name up on the website um, to come up with a you know a bit of money for it, so or even it doesn't even have to be one sponsor. It could be a couple of sponsors, and they could have a bit of an ad break in the middle of each, uh, which is what Warbird Radio do. Um, but yeah, so far nobody's sort of come forward and said, yeah, yeah, we'll help out. Yeah, so um, well, that that's yeah, try and get a sponsor. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Another thing um, with the show too um, that I want to do with everybody who is a regular user of the forum, the the regulars that I'll be interviewing, is ask them um, what their top five favourite threads have been on the forum. Yeah. Um, and um, I gave you that sort of heads up a few weeks ago, and I wondered if you'd thought about what ha- what have been your five or so favourite threads on the forum. I've forgotten about it, to tell you the truth. Um, I mean, there's, there's been there's been so many things um, yeah. um, on the forum that I've just enjoyed, and um, it's actually really hard to sort of narrow it down. But as I said, I haven't read. Uh, 
Yeah, it is. It is hard. Um, I think that the, for me, a couple of the threads that have really been exciting and and brilliant and and so good to see and good for the forum have been um, Shorty's uh, stash, photos from oh, yeah. my stash, yeah. where he just started bringing out photos from all sorts of eras and going right back to the 1930s, right up to um, you know modern day. But there was photos he, that he's collected and photos he's taken himself and um, I remember actually posting on there that he was like the Forrest Gump of New Zealand aviation because he was seemed to be at every major event. <laughs> I don't know if that was a compliment. <laughs> yeah, um, I, well, you've actually just stirred my memory on it. Like, um, again, Peter Lewis's, um, like, um, the Harvard pile. And, yes. Uh, the, the recent one on the DC-3. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just been amazing. And Absolutely. And, again, you know, he's got a, quite an extensive collection of... of his own photos or photos that people have supplied to him, but also it brings another um, whole lot of photos out of the woodwork too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when, when you look at, like, for example, the, the Harvard, you know, there were so many, like 202, I think, um, or 200-ish. Yeah. And, um, but to actually see a photo of, like, virtually every one of those is just incredible. Like It is, it's know, amazing. Especially when you consider that some of them didn't last very long. Yeah, yeah. They had been training aircraft, they had rather short careers. Um, unfortunately, um, many of them fatal um, yeah. incidents. But, um, yeah, to be able to see these photos, is just, uh, again, and uh, I mean, I've really enjoyed those. They just, uh, they really hook you in and you look forward to the next instalment. So they would certainly... Um, Right, and of course, every photo seems to bring out another little story that people yeah, remember. Yeah, and exactly. And uh, another of those threads that um, has been really good was the one that you mentioned earlier that um, Paul uh, put up of the Barry Reed collection. Um, oh, yes, yes. I mean, that was just stunning to see yeah. all of those uh, Cyprus and um, Singapore and, and New Zealand Air Force 1950s, 1960s aircraft in colour, a lot of them in colour, but, um, you know, some in, you know, most of them in black and white, but, I mean, that was just great stuff. He was such a good photographer. Exactly, and that was, you know, and, and that was the thing too, was that, um, you know, he was just basically doing his job, you know, work, yeah. being a pilot, and, uh, but, uh, um, that footage, but the, there's one particular, um, clip that, uh, uh, I laughed at that, and I, I don't know where it was taken, but they've got this um, very old-looking car um, <laughs> flying around the um, the tarmac at yeah. uh, an airfield somewhere, and uh, there's classic footage of um, Colin Rudd. There's one of them that I recognise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yahooing around in this, uh, this old beat-up car. With no body on it. <laughs> and you wouldn't have wanted to roll it. It'd be very, it'd be the last thing you did. But um, just very, very funny footage. And uh, yeah, it just shows that there were boy races out there even back in the, you know, 1950s. Exactly. I've ever since seen that footage um, in the in the film that of Barry Reed's stuff, I hope that I might get the chance to ask um, Colin about that. But unfortunately, he passed away this week. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, um, but another, yeah. another one that's been lost from the the um, the, the thinning ranks of um, yeah yeah from that era. But uh, 
Yeah. Um, I think that's one of my least favourite um, threads, uh, even though I contribute to it so often, unfortunately, is the um, obituaries and yeah. death notices because there's far too many Air Force people dying off, and yeah. particularly the wartime era. And, yeah, that's it. I see a lot of them are names that I recognise, and some of them have been people that I've actually met and interviewed, and um, and it's it's so sad to to see these wonderful people of that great generation just disappearing. So, but that's that's the thing, though. You you've been out and you've interviewed them, and at least got their story or part of their story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Down on record for forever, you know. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> um, and it's um, you know that. that great thing because um, a lot of those guys have gone and um, no one's ever recorded any of their, I mean obviously some of them didn't really want to talk about it at all so um, yeah. because it was quite common you'll hear from family members to say you know God I didn't even know you know dad served in the war virtually you know um, oh, exactly. they, they talked about it so little yeah um, I mean I, I've interviewed people who have given me amazing stories and then um uh, and then I've found out that they've never talked to it about uh, about those things to their family. And um, there's a chap here in Cambridge. Uh, he he doesn't live in Cambridge. He lives in Auckland, but he grew up in Cambridge. And uh, his sister said, um, "You've got to get his story because um, you know he had an amazing story apparently, but he's never told us what it was. And I've convinced him that you should go and interview him." So. I, I rang him up and I, I did an interview and um, uh, his name is uh, John Morris um, or Jack Morris and he um, was a bomber pilot and he joined um, 75 Squadron and was on his first mission in Lancaster as a second pilot and they were shot down and him and most of the crew got out. The air gunner was killed um, by the night fighter and the pilot, the captain, stayed with the aircraft to um, steer it away from a village and died in the act. Um, there's a book about the incident and every year that little French village celebrates um, how that pilot gave his life to save them. Yeah. Um, the, the crew who got out, including uh, Jack, um, made their way back to the lines because it was, uh, I think it was late 1944, so you know the Allies were on uh, Europe, on the Europe continent, so they they made it back to the lines, and he he got back to Britain and rejoined another squadron, and he flew two more missions and was shot down again, and this time he he made it back to the the Allied lines. He could hear um, British voices and started walking towards them, but between them and him were Germans, and he walked straight into them. So he ended up in a prison camp for a few months at the end of the war. Um, but his story was great. It was amazing, and and it wasn't just about him. Uh, it was about his crew, and it was about the French uh, resistance people or, or lifeline people who um, helped him. And um, uh, when I, I put that up on the website, I published it. And um, shortly afterwards, um, the book, the big show, came out, yeah. and um, it was about. Uh, D-Day, and it's one of those government-published books. And funnily enough, his story appeared in that, and um, and I, I thought, oh, interesting, because he'd never told anybody it, and then he told me. And, uh, and apparently they'd found it on my website. Um, Jack and his family told me that it was down to me that, that um, the, the researcher read that and then tracked him down and 
interviewed him again. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it would never have been recorded. Now it's recorded twice, and and of course it's also in this little book on the on the village, so um, which is um, published in both French and English. Um, yeah, I can't even remember how that's, we got onto this. That's but. another amazing thing, right? Like how many of those little villages and um, places like um, uh, the Netherlands and um, France yeah. you know, commemorate um, the sacrifice um, of, of many of these um, bomber crews. And uh, I think being this far away, like down in New Zealand or in Australia as well, it's, it's very easy to. Oh yes, yeah, uh, Max Lambert. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you you said that you uh, you've been up in Auckland the last couple of days and you um, went to Motat. What do you think? Oh, look, um, their their new hangar out there is just fantastic. I mean, um, it's it's been something that needed for a very long time. Yeah. And um, definitely. I mean, as I was saying, I think it's uh, I think it'll be about three years since I was last out there because um, it was interesting to see there was a couple of aircraft. Um, the um, Cessna Ag, Ag Wagon and the, um, I think it was the first turbine Fletcher. Yes, yeah. Um, built by Jones Aviation, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Fletcher 1060 or something, I think, the FU 1060 or whatever they called it. Yeah. Um, but they were both uh, in their sort of stages, of late stages of uh, restoration. So it was actually good to see them um, on display, as well as, the, you know, the mosquito, finally seeing the mosquito um, on, on display there, um, because last time I was out there it was um, very close to being finished, but, yeah. um, and the engines just needed to be attached, and uh, just a few other finishing touches, but it's, uh, yeah, oh, it's, a, it's a fantastic um, uh, facility they've got there, and one of the gentlemen I was speaking to said that uh, Solid uh, will be going back in the hangar soon, and what else, I think? Um, a few other aircraft, but they're going to hang some of the aircraft that are in there already um, up from the um, 
historically takes into a Miss Jacey, I think it's called. It's, yeah. Uh, one of them, and I think one or two of the, the um, top dressing aircraft in that would be hung from the ceiling. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so they can get all the, you know, main range of the aircraft in, um, which, will be, which will be good to see, but it's, um, yeah, no, it's much better. Um, Currently, it's much better layout, I mean, because that was a problem in the previous space. They had so many aircraft and so little space, and it was um, what you call kind of cluttered. Um, yes, yeah. So um, you couldn't get a good view of a lot of the aircraft because they were all sort of pushed in so close together, and if you tried to take any photos, it was very difficult because you you know, get a photo with, like, bits of three different aircraft in the background. So, um, yeah, it was, it was hard um, Yes, yeah, it was. A, they've been putting it together last week. Yeah, and it still had some of its uh, white latex coating on the tails that they hadn't removed yet. But, uh, well, it's historic, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's exactly. That's, that's ten years of its career there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, and that, that particular Skyhawk, I believe, is the one that uh, uh, Jim Jennings uh, flew against the... Um, uh, or fired, fired his guns in anger at uh, that Taiwanese um, fishing vessel. Oh, right, right, great. Um, was illegally fishing and uh, wouldn't stop for the Navy, so the Air Force had to go out and um, show them that they meant business. And, uh, yeah, so that particular Skyhawk um, is uh, quite famous. Yeah. Um, although, according to some people, they've never fired their, any of their weapons in, in anger, but... Uh, <laughs> I guess strafing and um, firing in front of a um, Taiwanese fishing boat sort of um, involved a fair amount of anger. So um, yeah, yeah, and intent. Yes, well, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is what, we, we, we're serious now. It's not just a case of uh, letting the poor H and and ZS um, uh, Taupo chase you for a couple of days. We're, um, <laughs> we actually want you to stop. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so, but uh, wonderful. It's, it's great to see, um, you know, how much progress they're making. And uh, on the restoration side, I think they're currently working on their um, Avenger. Yep. Which was once part of a playground in Rotorua, is that correct, I think? Uh, yeah, I think they might be, right? Yeah, so... It was a playground one somewhere. Yeah, so, um, so I'm not sure which Avenger it is. Don't ask the serial of it, but... Um, um, yeah, and uh, apparently the intention is that they'll have that set up so they can operate the wings holding. Yeah, I have heard that. I've heard that. Um, yeah. I, I believe the um, Harvard's been set up to um, operate flaps and wheels and stuff yeah. as well. Is One that... of the volunteers there was saying that they're going to have that set up so, yeah, you'll be able to um, move all the flying surfaces and yeah. spin the undercarriage flaps down and things like that. So from what I understood from what he was saying, they're going to have a, a mock-up. Um, I don't know if they've got another centre section or something of it or a cockpit of it, another Harvard or whether they're making a mock-up of one. But um, you'll be able to sit in it and move the controls around and it will do all these things for you. Right, right. And also one of... I'm assuming from what he was saying, the real one will be hanging above you and you'll be able to do all these things and the gear will retract and extend and... 
Okay. Um, I've seen also they've um, set up one of the um, Hastings undercarriages so that you can watch it retract. And yeah, they, it's still sitting in the, in, in the um, back of the restoration workshop, but um, yeah, that, that is an intention as well to um, have that so they can... Um, and I've actually seen that run and it's actually quite quite good to see. Yeah, yeah, I, I have too, yeah. It, it, it's really good that it's, they're going to have these sort of moving bits for the um, younger people to have a look at, the kids and that, to see how these things actually work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're in, a, in an aircraft, you never see what happens underneath with the wheels. So. I hate to see these strange noises going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whirrings and buzzing noises and these thumps and clunks, and it's like, oh, okay. So that must be the gear is extended or retracted, so that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, and what else have they got? They've got... Um, um, oh, they've got an Oster that they've been given. Um, well, I think it's on like long-term loan. Um, okay. Um, and um, the volunteer I was speaking to said that part of the deal with them being given long-term loan or being given this aircraft is that uh, um, it has to be repainted in a more, because um, it's just in a current sort of um, it, it's, um, scheme it's been painted as not As, as in Civil War Air Force? Sorry? Civil War Air Force. Ah, uh, Air Force, I believe, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, that's good. Um, so I'm not sure if it's background, whether it's RNZF-1 or, or, or it's RNZF or, or um, RAF or what it is. But, um, so is this separate from the Oster they already had there? I don't know. Because they, they had a silver Oster that used to hang up um, where most people wouldn't have even noticed it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, maybe they got a um, uh, another one, yeah, or, or the same one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually go into that much detail. Right, right. Uh, one of the things that excites me, the fact that they've finally got, after, you know, 40 years or so, they've finally got the Hudson all in one piece with its wings on and um, nicely repainted again. Yeah. Um, that is great to see. That I'm so pleased to see that after all these years. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. But um, again, I mean, MoCat had done some wonderful um, work, you know, and again, it was just a case of not having money, yeah. you know, or funding coming in. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, now that they're now getting a bit of funding, it's certainly um, helping things along. Yeah. Know, because, um, you know, there's uh, the dark days of people, some people like to remind them about where they had aircraft just out there corroding away to nothing. Um, so it's um, it's good finally with a bit of money coming into the place that they can actually do, you know, restore all these things and um, you know get them back and, and looking in pristine condition. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, um, I probably should uh, close the show off there. Yeah, um, we've sort of epic. talked for a long time, yeah. but you know it is the first show, and uh, it, it's I, I think it's great that. You know, for the first show, that the whole country just let all their fireworks off. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just to mark the occasion. Twenty-one gun salute. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, hopefully our waffle has uh, has uh, uh, you know disguised the sound of um, explosions in the background.
background. I'm also hoping that I push the record button. <laughs> well, that would be not very funny, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I need to go back through this again. That'd be good practice. Although that could be good, because then I would have actually remembered to um, actually think about what my five top threads <laughs> were, but anyway. Well, I, I mean, I'm sure in the future, um, you know, I'm sure the show is going to keep going come hell or high water, and I think in the future we'll probably talk to you again anyway, as you're a key figure in the forum. Oh, so. to do it again? Uh, not, not immediately. <laughs> you know, once you've thought about your five shows. <laughs> Next week, Craig will be discussing his five top albums <laughs> from the 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> Anything with Pink Floyd, uh, it'll be good up there. Um, <laughs> yes, not really, but anyway. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's been good to, um, I mean, the forum's just, I've, I've loved virtually every minute of it. Um, yeah. Um, one exception would be the Air New Zealand versus Qantas slash Jetstar. Yeah, but, uh, well, thankfully that's all over now, so. <laughs> yes, hopefully we've forgotten about that now. Yeah. yeah. Don't mention the war. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, again, it's just, um, you know, and, and it's generally a pretty good inclusive environment on there. Yes. Um, and um, I'm sure I've probably offended people over time, but... Um, Don't we all? I don't take it to heart, but... Um, yeah, it's just... It's, it's been a great thing because it's just, uh, again, as I've said before, the knowledge base out there and just yeah. the, the, the experience a lot of these guys have had and uh, um, it actually makes you feel a part of it, you know. It's, um, you know, um, as you said, people like Shorty and... Yeah. Uh, Peter and that have uh, seen so many things, you know, um, not only because of their their, uh, their age, but also um, just because they were so keen on aviation and being involved in, in Yes, yeah, and they got out there and done it. It's just um, a wonderful experience to sort of be able to sort of experience that. Yeah. Okay, well, um, thank you very much for being the first guest on the show tonight. And um, hopefully, hopefully we'll work out how to get it up onto the um, onto the website fairly soon. Well, and that will be the next thing, won't it? Yeah, yeah. So, any listeners who can help, oh no, you won't be able to. <laughs> um, but uh, but th- but, th- but thanks, Craig. Um, uh, and um, we'll talk to you soon, anyway. And um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your stay in, in New Zealand and have a safe trip back to Aussie. Thank you. Cheers. No worries. Okay, take care. All right. Bye-bye.